Hello, everyone, and welcome to another Team Gomez podcast. I'm Anthony. I'm Maria. And uh, today is actually our last episode, my love. Not like in general, but <laughs> that's it was like the, I hope I didn't break nobody's heart on that one. Um, <laughs> just our last episode in regards to the series for this month, Overcoming mm-hmm. Obstacles. I think we've had a pretty powerful month overall. And so this being the last episode of the month, I believe we we just wanted to go out with a bang. And um, last episode, we talked about our personal um, obstacles obstacles and how we overcame them, how the Lord graced us. And I I wanted to encourage everyone out there, you know, this... You guys are not alone. Like right. everybody has an obstacle mm-hmm. they got to go through. And the good news about it is that Jesus is faithful to see us through every single one of them. That's right. So what we did is we reached out to a few friends. Yay. <laughs> we reached out to a few friends. And so we have seven stories to share with you guys from <laughs> just about people's obstacles, their trials. and. Yeah. And what God showed them and how God brought them through. And I pray that this just encourages guys. We're not even going to talk much during the episode. Right, We're just right. going to let these stories uh, of people's obstacles and overcoming them, like, just encourage you guys. Yeah, They're encouraging all by you. themselves. Yeah. So um, without further ado, Da-da-da-da. let's get this party started. This first one is from a good friend of our, Liv. Let's check out her story. Hey everyone, my name is Liv Peterson, and I just wanted to share with you a time that God brought me through an incredibly hard season of my life and brought me through one of the hardest obstacles I've ever had to go through. So I believe it was in March or April of 2019, I found out I was pregnant with my daughter, Zaya. I wasn't planning to get pregnant, and so when I found out, you can imagine it was a huge shock to me. I also didn't want to be pregnant at that time. I didn't feel like I was ready. I had thought about kids, but maybe in the future. And so part of me was, you know, was angry and was mad at God because I didn't feel like I wanted to be a mom. At that moment, I didn't feel like I was ready to be a mom. And I was just working through a lot of anger and just trying to understand, you know, why I was pregnant and what that what that was going to look and how my life was going to change. And so in the following months of me being pregnant, I had something called hypermesis, I think is how you say it. And basically, it's just extreme uh, vomiting and nausea. And I was sick for months. And some days I would be throwing up um, up to 10 hours a day. It was hard for me to eat. I was losing weight. Um, I didn't even want to get out of bed some days. And I I mean, to the point where I could barely even keep down water. I was in and out of the emergency room. I had, you know, I don't want to go into too much detail, but I was extremely sick. And during this whole time, I was also working. And so um, as I started becoming more and more physically sick and then still having to work and function in life, I... I started falling into a deep hole of depression. And I remember I would take um, Chicago Public Transit to work back and forth every day. And there was one day where I was just waiting for the green line to come. And I remember just honestly, like, because I was in such a bad mental state and so depressed, I started kind of having suicidal thoughts. And just thinking to myself, like, I can't do this. I'm not going to be a good mom. Like, I can't get through this. And just feeling like maybe, you know, there would be times that in while I was waiting for the train that those thoughts would pop into my head. And I'd be like, you know, you know, maybe I should just end it. Maybe, you know, I should just, um, you know, I don't know, jump off and and just do things like that. And it was just like these satanic attacks in my mind that would come randomly. And it was crazy because in that season, God brought complete strangers. I'm talking about like complete strangers on the train to comfort me, to speak life into me, um, to help me. I mean, I had so many people share stories with me. I had other mom and women come up and talk to me out of nowhere. And it was just this confirmation that even in one of the hardest seasons of my life, like God was still there. God was still present. God was still holding me 
through all the pain and um about I think it was like the fifth month of my pregnancy I started to feel a little bit better physically and God kind of lifted this negativity and this depression from my mind um but I remember just getting home one day being so depressed and I was just weeping in the shower and it was in that moment that God was like Liv, I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to forsake you. I'm still here. Even if you can't feel it, even if you don't understand what's going on, I'm present. And he just showed me that in the the smallest ways, like in the everyday random people I would run into, to people caring for me, to people, you know, watching over me, praying for me. I could feel the prayers of other believers. And yeah, it just, I look back on that time and just think of how incredibly hard it was and how um, even when I had nothing, when I was just so completely depleted, um, God was the one that was just bringing me through. Wow. Yeah. That. Yes. Let that soak in. Let that soak in for a second. <laughs> <sighs> I love God's faithfulness. Yes. I I don't even have nothing else to say. Like, <laughs> like she she hit it on the nail. Like God yeah. is so faithful. Yes, it's so is. awesome how God just sends people. Mm-hmm. He knows what we need when we need it. Right at he the gives, right time. Oh my gosh! He gives grace when grace is needed. Mm-hmm. Mercy when mercy is needed. He sends people when people are needed. Yeah. And um, oh, he sends encouraging words when encouraging words are needed. It's like um. Oh, that's so encouraging. Oh, I can't even say too much on it. <laughs> we have a limited amount of time. Um, thank you so much, Liv, for that story. Um, yeah. It, I'm sure it spoke to others just the same way. It has me speechless. Um, so our next one are from our good friends, Rashad and Melissa. Mm-hmm. And uh, obstacle they actually had to go through with their family. So let's listen to their story. Hey, thanks, uh, Anthony and Maria, for asking us for a uh, testimony of an obstacle or something we overcame. Keep in mind, this is uh, in hindsight. Uh, I would not have probably shared it in this way. I probably fought all the way through the process. Uh, but a couple years ago, we lost our home. And one of the toughest parts about finding another place uh, is one that we could afford and, and would fit our family of seven. Uh, the search was crazy. Uh, but we found a place about five minutes down the road from my house. Uh, it was smaller, but it would ultimately work for us. Uh, we spoke with the landlord. She understood our situation. And we got the lease signed. You know, we had a couple of hiccups. And I had my concerns. Obviously, I'm the, I'm the skeptic out of the bunch. Uh, and I just kind of let Melissa's faith lead, uh, lead this process. We knew we'd be adjusting to new schools for the kids, less space, more money out of pocket. Um, throw in a serious surgery for myself. But the biggest adjustment was we were sick for almost three months. We thought it was due to the pets that were there before. Um, We thought it was the furnace, but ultimately we never really figured it out. In month four, which would have been around, yeah, February, we got better and we're finally just settling in. The kids seemed to be adjusting to the school as well. And we were finally accepting the dynamics of what led us to this situation. Yeah, it wasn't easy. Uh, we had to adjust if we were ever going to get to the space where we gonna we were going to start to move forward. Uh, we were also adjusting to a new church home, like we had just started really going to live in water. Uh, and so there were so many other new realities associated with that, too. So the new school year starts for the kids, and about nine months into the lease, the landlord notified us that we wouldn't be renewing, the, that she wouldn't be renewing the lease, that she would be moving back into her home. This was a reverse course of what we previously discussed because she had already confirmed that she'd be renewing the lease for us. So this was a huge surprise. After, of course, disbelief, anger, fear, we started to talk about the next steps um, and we had to face reality. I started to do like a quick search on homes in the area for rent and I knew it would be difficult because we had just gone through this process. So about a week or two later, the landlord reaches out again and asks if we could be out earlier. This would have ended our lease a month early and we would have had six weeks to find a spot and move. 
we knew our lease was in place and we legally had to move, had time to move out. But after a couple more conversations with the landlord, we just wanted to be done with it. So Melissa, she had been looking around. She found a place that was literally across the grass and it was available. We had some friends to check it out, but they ultimately decided against it. And I was skeptical again because it was like the perfect situation, right? Hey, you find a new place and it's literally you're walking across the grass and you're in it. I didn't want to repeat the same situation. So my my skepticism, pessimist meter was like all the way up. So as we were talking with the new landlord and the details, our current landlord had yet another request. Can we be out in two to three weeks time? I was upset, like infuriated and figured it was going to be impossible. Even though we started to talk to the new landlord about the new place, I still wanted to, I still didn't want to believe it. It was more money and still too good to be true. The new landlord agreed to rent to us. The old landlord was adamant about getting us out. So she spoke to the new landlord to provide a flawless reference. After a few discussions, the new landlord allowed us to move in early as she started to understand the situation. Mind you, we've gone through this whole process. There's not a lot of people that know what we're going through, right? We just left the church. Uh, We're not really engaged. We had a new church, so we don't really have relationships there. So... I'm trying to figure out, I don't really want to ask for help. So um, on a Sunday, I tell the pastor, I tell Pastor Jeremiah, um, you know, kind of what was going on. And, you know, he, you know, tags another pastor on staff to kind of help get the move going and tells me to call him and he'll get some some people going. So he rounds up about five guys and uh, we had additional two or three people that showed up. Uh, and this was literally like, in less than a week of time to move. And we were, you know, we barely knew uh, some of these folks, but they showed up and and it actually ended up going really well. Uh, So we we get moved in, uh, we settled, (laughs) and then right at maybe not even full two weeks in, uh, Melissa has another hospital visit. Yes, I ended up with unfortunate kidney stones, the biggest pain I've ever experienced in my life. I mean, and and the cool part is in this whole process, her dad had been with us because that prior, I mean, we had had a new baby. Melissa had surgery. uh, So it was just tons going on. So he had been with us and then uh, he'd had uh, he was kind of prepping for surgery. So he was with us for a lot of this time. But in terms of like trials, like you name it, this whole process was all full of it. But. We weren't six for three months like we were in the other house. Uh, this house was actually remodeled, remodeled, like, look, a whole lot better. Same same space, but uh, we seem to just kind of fit into it a whole lot more. Like, it, it just fit us a lot better. Uh, and then the, the rent increase that we had, uh, I ended up getting promoted at the end of the year. So it kind of factored in, you know, it, it worked. It worked itself out uh, in that way. So we moved in three weeks time. But did we mention we're a family of seven? Seven people, including (laughs) five little ones. (laughs) We've been in this place for almost two full years and are mostly adjusted. The landlord is amazing and nothing but God. Yeah, I mean, in hindsight, like I always stress in hindsight, because going through this, uh, Melissa's faith was probably a whole lot more than mine. But, you know, God is faithful, right? You know, he, he never leaves or forsakes us. Uh, he's always providing for us, right? He's trustworthy and he loves us. Um, so if this can encourage anybody that's probably going through something right now, um, just stick with it and trust in God and he'll open the doors. Listen, he brought people, friends watching our two-year-old while we were moving, a seasoned landlord, you name it. So he can do it for you. <laughs> So good. So good. See, that's like obstacle on a whole different kind of level than what we're used to. Because we're over here talking about like more emotional, more emotional obstacles and like just self. But this is happening to like her family, everybody, a family of seven. Yeah. She's going through surgeries at the time. Same time. It's like, like back to back, which may even feel. Even like 10 times more overwhelming. Everybody was sick at the same time because they thought something was wrong with the furnace or something. 
Was it a couple of surgeries or was it just well, her the, the, getting she had a surgery? Time? I think they had a she had a baby and then she needed surgery. Oh wow! And then when they moved into the new house, then she needed another surgery yeah. for kidney stones, which is an obstacle all in of itself. Oh my gosh! So but won't he do it? Won't he Done do it? Though? Delivered them. <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh man, I love God's faithfulness. Yeah. Um, let's jump into the next story here. Uh, this story is from Dex, uh, which apparently is Liv's husband. But I'm glad he sent in his own testimony because I know, you know, we have some guy listeners, we have some men in here, some husbands, and, you know, they deal with different things and, right. and they process things differently. So it's great just to hear. A man's obstacles from a man's perspective and what his thought process behind it all. Um, so this is Dex's story. Hey, everybody. Uh, my name is Dexter Peterson, and I'm going to be sharing with you guys a, a time where God brought me through an obstacle. I would probably say that this time was more of a, of a mental obstacle than anything, but um, it was when I first be- became a Christian. I became a Christian at the age of 21. And uh, just to give you an extremely brief background history, I never grew up in the church. I uh, never knew anything about God or Jesus or Christianity. I got saved uh, in a very dramatic way. I, I got saved overnight, actually. Somebody preached to me. The next day I woke up, I felt brand new. I was different. And uh, yeah, I, I, I began to pursue my life for for Christ. Um, now, the obstacle that I overcame was my mindset. Uh, before I became a Christian, I never really felt like I could accomplish anything. I had a very low self-esteem, uh, really wasn't poured into by my uh, parents as far as like encouragement and, uh, you know, obtaining specific goals such as getting a career, stuff like like that, if that makes sense. So, uh, yeah, when, when I became a Christian, God made it clear to me that he wanted me to go to school. I mean, uh, go to um, to a college which was not on my radar uh, previously, um, and that I should, you know, get a get a job. I should move to, to Chicago. These were all big obstacles that God put in my life that I had no idea I could even attain on my own because I just wasn't there mentally. I was fine working, you know, at my, my little job doing my thing. So God helped me pull through with these obstacles by giving me the passion and the, the the desire and placing specific people in my life to show me that I can can do it. So he gave me a, a desire to read, to to study, to to learn. And um, yeah, I would I would read theology books. I read the entire Bible in in under ten months. Um, I read this theology uh, study book within, I think, a few months. So just, you know, verifying that to me that he wanted me to go to school. So I would definitely say that God helped me overcome self-esteem and uh, gave me just just a desire to learn and grow and to be better than, than what I am. See, now, like, that's a perspective of a dude who's just struggling with trying to get it together. Right. You know, as, as all men do, they're going into the early just men all of us like yeah men and women right but for women it's more of an emotional emotional journey and for this guy he was just like he was just having issues processing it all Mm. like he's like do i do this do i do that but i want to live for christ god was leading him in a direction and then provided him the steps that he needed to go through with it Mm. like I, there's this old church saying that says when God gives vision, he gives provision. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just I just see that like God actually gave him desires, gave him obstacles, but those obstacles were meant to make him better. And he acknowledges that. I think that's awesome. Um, our next story is from our house church leaders. <laughs> this particular story um well, it's about them, but this is Natalie yeah. um, pretty much telling the story uh, from her perspective. All right, let's talk about some marriage obstacles. This is Natalie McLaris, and I am married to Sam McLaris. And for us, a big obstacle in our marriage happened about four to five years ago, coming back from the mission field uh, in Thailand to Chicago. Let me give you a little bit of a backstory. Before 
Uh, I even met my husband. I had a desire to be a missionary. It was something that I felt like the Lord put in me and I carried in prayer for many years. And so when I met Sam and his heart was to do whatever the Lord had, like, I'm like, okay, Jesus, you know, he, he, you know, just together we knew that we, you know, God had a purpose and a plan for our lives. And he confirmed uh, being on the mission field through a dream where we needed to be and who we needed to work with. So we moved, after being married about two years, we moved to Thailand. I was, I had a child. We had a child together. He was one and a half and I was pregnant at the time. We moved to Thailand and it was amazing and it was beautiful and it was hard, but I felt like we grew in our marriage and we grew in our walk with the Lord and just the Lord's hand was on it, even though it was hard. And so we returned back on furlough to visit family and friends. And um, and when we came back, uh, Sam hadn't shared this, but he he really didn't have a piece to go back. He didn't feel that in Thailand, but when he came back, he he felt that, and he was a bit scared and unsure because he was wondering, is this just me? He was warned by other missionaries like, hey, this may happen because you're going to be back home and you might feel comfortable. Um, so he was wrestling through that. And the Lord gave me two dreams, uh, separate occasions about cars and missing cars and missing car parts, essential car parts and looking at like through dream interpretations a cars mean ministry and so I shared this with Sam and he shared his feelings about not having peace about going back and that was really hard for me because this was something that I I thought this was it that you know this is where we are going to live our lives we uh we invested into the language we had a home out there but at the same time things were transitioning the family that we were working with were, were moving to another town uh, a larger city and we had planned to move with them we weren't sure what we were going to do so there was a lot of uncertainties still if we were to move back it, uh, go back that we would have to face and so we were really struggling right there and we brought it to the leaders and they confirmed they felt like it was a pause for us and i i really struggled with that like, even though it was the lord i was really emotional we had to have several talks sam and i and i remember specifically this one time we were sitting in the car in his mom's driveway and I'm crying and I'm, you know, sharing my heart with him and I can feel his frustration with me. And he's like, I, I don't want you to feel bitter towards me because of this decision. And I know it was the Lord. It, this is the Lord. And I know it wasn't him. And I, and I might have been taking it out on him and he might have felt that. But I, I also felt like he didn't understand what I was going through. And maybe I didn't communicate that well, but I felt like something in me was dying. Like I was grieving a loss. I was grieving this, this desire that I had, the friends that I had made who had become family to me. Um, just the life that I had it pictured, right? I'm grieving this. And I felt like he didn't understand. And... Um, so we had to have those conversations often and there was friction and frustration, but I think um, with patience and lots of prayer and me surrendering this to the Lord and trusting in him really, really helped us get through, through it. And the Lord revealed he had other plans and... And yeah, so that has that was 
probably the biggest obstacle that we had to work through as a couple and that had, you know, put some strain on our marriage. But I had to learn how to trust the Lord in it all. So, yeah, I just we just wanted to share that and hope that it ministers to somebody. So God bless. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Nat. Um, I so appreciate the, uh, um, the honesty. Yes, the, the vulner- Yes, can we talk about it? Let's talk about the vulnerability yeah. of like, um, like I just was the struggle. Yes. This vision that yes. and this dream and this expectations that I was grieving it yes. and he didn't understand and that hurts. I think it's more like, you know, it's it's crazy because it's like we have these desires like I want to change the world, I want to do this, and God's like. I love I love your heart, right? But mm-hmm. I have other plans for you and you know and and these are not necessarily bad plans, right? Like right. mission, come on. That's like father, I'm serving you in a foreign country, <laughs> you know? Um I'm being a martyr for you sort of, <laughs> yeah. but um and then God's like, but you know, there's something better. And then when you're in it, man, you can't really see it. Oh, man, you can't. But God is so faithful. Yes. Yes, he like, is. to walk through that with her, not only with her, with them. Yeah. With, with both her, of them. Yes. Because as she was saying, like, I put a strain on the marriage. Um, man, for her to even just be so honest and transparent. Yes, I love it. I right? love it. Come through. Come oh through. Gosh. Honesty. Hashtag honesty wins. Hey. <laughs> yes. Yes. All day. Um, yes, like I think I'm. I'm sorry. Maybe I'm. I'm talking too long about this here, but I think it's like God showed me early. Like, in order for God to really change someone, you have to be real with Him. Raw. Let's. You let's have to talk be raw. It. Like, yeah. You have to let Him in those like secret places and expose all of that ugliness mm-hmm. for him to actually deal with it. Yeah. You know, it's real hard for God to deal with something. You won't even let him in that area. So, but he knows, he knows it's, it's he's not, gentleman. He's not going to force right, his way in. He's not, he's not, but he, he knows it's he not like things come surprisingly. Like, Oh, I cannot believe that was in your heart. Like he already <laughs> knows before like you knows even confess. There, yeah. yeah. He knows what's in it and he wants to deal with it, but we don't, Often we don't let them. Yeah. And um, I say all that to say for her to be so transparent. That's something that like an average couple wouldn't share. Mm-mm. That it, average yeah, couple. Yeah, because so it's a little too personal. It's too, too personal touchy. and yeah. too touchy. But the thing is that holding on to that kind of story and holding on to those kind of feelings. And like how you expect anybody else to be ministered to yes that bless me like, yes that like yes. you're not they're, they're not the only ones going through it look mm-hmm. we're going through it too yeah yeah but god is faithful god's seeing us through it and i think we're putting the spotlight here on jesus his faithfulness his goodness and his ability to like never leave us nor yeah. forsake us and see us through even the hardest of situations mm-hmm. like the situation was hard but it was her heart that needed to be you know like kind of rearranged in this area yeah yeah but i think what's beautiful is that through this it it, i don't want to say it gives permission but it's like it kind of brings comfort to couples because it's like dang okay i'm not crazy Mm -hmm. yeah you know because sometimes (laughs) we think i know for myself i'm like oh i'm such a i'm so cuban because i'm so passionate sometimes you know Mm -hmm. when we have intense fellowship (laughs) um but it is it's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. It encourages even people who've been married younger. Yeah. You know, because they've been married a while. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And so it just encourages me like, man, I'm just like in love with you. <laughs> <laughs> if you hear this, Natalie, I already said it, but I'm going to say it again in public. I love you. <laughs> um, yeah. No, Thank you so much, Nat, for sharing yeah, your heart so good, and sharing so your story. Good. It's mm-hmm. so encouraging. Um, let's move on to Lanice. Yeah. Lanice has a powerful story. Can't wait to share it with you. Here mm-hmm. is Lanice's story. Hello, everyone. Wanted to share a time that it was a big struggle in my walk with Jesus. About a year after I was saved, I fell into sin. And... Uh, I became pregnant 
I, it was very tough. I felt a lot of shame, a lot of guilt. Um, I had been shunned by the church, by friends, by family. Um, it was a very hard time. Most of all, I felt like I had been separated from God. And clearly I had been because of my sin. But it just seems like no matter how many times I asked for forgiveness or I, I just didn't feel the Lord. And it was such a hard time for me. I think back then I could have dealt with no one talking to me, but to feel the distance between me and Jesus, that was so hard. And, you know, you just feel like you can't say sorry enough. And um, I remember just feeling like I'm never going to be a wife. I'm going to be a single mom for the rest of my my days and I was fine with that um but it was almost like I was punishing myself and really felt <clears throat> the Lord come in and he through my repentance I received God's forgiveness <clears throat> I received his forgiveness and his redemption and it was such a beautiful time in my life. And now 20 years married and four kids later, God is still very present and very real in my life today. It was a hard lesson to learn. Um, many people were hurt by my actions. And I know God ultimately was hurt, but... It was such a beautiful um, display of God's forgiveness in my life and often feel the scripture um, when Jesus said, you know, those who have been forgiven much love much. And I definitely can relate to those um, beautiful verses in the Bible. Um, so if you are struggling with anything in your life know that God can forgive you he does forgive you and he wants to restore you that's mic drop right there <laughs> so good so, so good. good you know what it reminds me of what's that the story of David when mm. he fell into sin with Bathsheba mm -hmm. like that feeling of how she felt or like how you know in her moment when she fell of mm. just like this Oh, and the enemy is such a liar, right? Because that's all he loves to do. Accuse, condemn, yep. Yep. you know, um, rob, steal, you know, kill. Yeah. Like, he just wants to keep you in a place that is just like prison. It's like yeah. an imprisonment that you kind of put on yourself, you know, and you start entertaining. Then you start yeah. believing. But man, redemption. Come on. I think what I love about her transparency and the story is that how she felt, she admitted how she felt, excuse me, so far from God. Now, the, I mean, the truth is the truth in his word. Like, he never leaves us nor forsakes no, but, us. But to, to admit that I felt distant. Yeah. I felt there was a distance between us. Like, no matter what I did, like, I couldn't say sorry enough. And as many enough. times I, right, Oh man, Come on. It's those are so, real feelings. Yes, those are real yes. things that everybody deals with. Yeah, like, and she, I think she just worded it so perfectly. Oh, so good. It's like you can say sorry ten thousand times and you still don't even feel forgiven. You're just like, oh, yeah, what is just, happening? Just that condemnation that comes upon yeah. you. But I'm pretty sure, like, as she mentioned, like, you know, now she's 20 years married and four Come kids. On. Like, look, at, look at how the enemy lied to her, saying, like, she's never going to be married. And she kind of came to peace with that. Like, like she I'm came just to peace with the, be... the lies, right? Yes. Oh, my gosh. There's so many of us do that. We just feel like, you know what? I guess nobody's really going to 
forgive me. Nobody's gonna might really well. want me the way you know, I am. Yeah, Nobody's yeah. Gonna this is my life. I might as well right. just go ahead and go deeper into depression or deeper into this or deeper into drugs or deeper into alcohol because there's no real future for me. Yeah. And we believe that crap. But and God's God. Like, I got something better for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God steps into the scene. Come on. It's like, come on now. Okay, we're at our last story. Yeah. So excited to share the story of yes. Nora. Yes. I pray it blesses every single one of you guys. Yes, because it blessed us. Oh, Hallelujah. my gosh. Can't wait to share this story with you guys. Let's all hear about the obstacle that Nora had to overcome. When I was 32 years old, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. And I remember during that time that I got the news feeling the shock and the wave of utter despair and thinking, gosh, so many negative thoughts and really lies from the enemy. I remember thinking, um, you're going to die young. There go all your dreams and hopes for the future. There goes your career. There goes your hopes for getting married one day, finding love and having children Uh, and even if you survive this who's going to want you uh, a cancer survivor at a young age you're probably not even going to be able to have children Um, and just thinking so many thoughts that really looking back I know in that moment they were just attacks um, on my spirit to try and bring despair and discouragement but I, I remember in that season just That lasted a short while in the beginning um, because what came afterwards was just this deep, um, just this deep feeling in my spirit that I needed to be expectant in this season. That even though there were lots of tests coming and I didn't know what my treatment plan was going to be and whether or not I would need chemotherapy, which I did end up needing. I I didn't know so many details in that moment, but I just felt like I needed to develop a spirit of expectancy for what God was going to do through this trial. And um, I believe that that's what allowed me to push forward in that season because it was hard and there were moments of um, fear and anxiety, but at the in the midst of that, there was also many moments of just seeing God's love um, personified in different people that showed up for me to love on me, to walk with me in that season, and to really be the hands and feet of God. Um, and not only that, it, it pushed me deeper into the Word. And um, even you know, months later into my treatment, I remember having a moment on my kitchen table where I had a whirlwind of anxious, worried thoughts. What if this doesn't work? What if the cancer comes back? What if, what if? And I remember in that moment, the Holy Spirit just came in that moment and I heard very clearly the the voice of God say to me, just trust me, just trust me. And it stopped all of those anxious thoughts in that moment. And it just brought me back to the reality, the spiritual reality of who God is in my life and his promises over my life, regardless of the circumstances that surrounded me in that moment. And so I'm just thankful looking back that, um, now being cancer-free for five years, um, praise God, that that trial, that season that was difficult also um, gave me a deeper sense of God's faithfulness and provision. Um, and I did get married. I fell in love during that time with the love of my life, and we got married. And who knows what God has in store for the future, but I'm just so thankful to Him for um, leading me in that season. First off, first off, I want to say that I love you, Nora. <laughs> that man. Let's uh, talk about it. Let's talk about it. Once again, fully transparent, totally honest. Yeah. About the fears and thoughts that man, those are like super real. When you're in it, yeah. 
whatever struggle you're in man like we cannot see the outcome because we're so in it Mm -hmm. that it's like the pain consumes us to the point of like i can't see the light at the other side you know like i can't see the promised land i can't see nothing but just the mess that i'm in right you know what i mean and not even mess but trial pain that i'm in at this moment right now yeah and the oh you know what guys the enemy is just like a little rat with a big microphone (laughs) he's a porqueria cockroach (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I just want to step on him. Oh like, my gosh. you lost. Uh-huh. Jesus done did the victory. It done Boom. did the victory. Done did it. <laughs> Look at God. He done did it. Um, <laughs> oh, he's such a bully. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's, oh, he's just, uh, he I gets, don't like you. He gets, he, yes. he knows what buttons to press. Yes. And fear is such a big one. I know that's the button he pressed with me uh, when I had Lyme disease and I yeah. decided to fall into that prodigal son season. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he, he feasted on my fear. And the same way he feasted on Lanisa's fear. And the same yes. way he feasted on, on Nora's, Nora's fears. Fear. Yes. Um, that's like, he. that's how he works. But I think... I don't know if it says this directly in the Bible. This is, if it if it does, praise the Lord. But I've just like noticed from observation that the arch nemesis mm. of fear is faith, mm. and the arch nemesis, the 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 eternal enemy of faith is fear. Mm. Um, I know for a fact. Like, that's been the truth in my life, and that's been the truth in a lot of people's lives. I don't know if there's a scripture to back that up. I've just, based on observation, I've noticed that. What I love, what one of the many things I love about God's word, it's... Mm. is its ability the Bible it's, it's like a two-edged sword right like so its ability to pierce through everything to get to the deepest parts yeah I love how, how it says perfect love casts out all fear all fear not just some not some all fear so yeah. if you notice in my story and Lanisa's story and Nora's story and some of the other stories that we've read here and Liv's story yeah. about like not being a good mother and right, for the right, stress right, and the right. pressure and through all of that what was what is the answer what has been the continuous answer to everyone's fear was that they relied on God's love come on for them in that moment yes. like yeah the fears came the yes. thoughts came the discouragement came mm-hmm. the depression came all these things came but what pulled them through was focusing on God's love come on That's God's so- love prevailed yeah. through every one of those fears um, so if you're listening to this right now mm. tell me <laughs> if you're listening to this right now and you are battling in this obstacle and fear is gnawing at your bones right. and it's getting to the deepest parts of your heart trying to plant seeds and you feel like just giving up on being any kind of ambitious. Mm. You can't reach your goals. You can't start your business. You can't go to that church. You can't uh, ask forgiveness from a family member even. You don't want to put yourself out there. You don't want to date again. You don't want to, yeah, yeah. you know, find the one. You don't want to, like, ask your parents for forgiveness. That's a whole, that's the prodigal son story in, in all of its glory. Yeah. You know, like, the kid messes up. And how low he's willing to stoop before he actually goes and finally asks his dad for forgiveness. Yeah. You know, like, all of that stuff. The prodigal, the prodigal son dealt with so much fear. And that's what kept him away from his father for so long, from just returning back to his father and then just dealing with it, was the shame. That's a whole different story right there. The shame yes. that, that comes with some of the stuff. Yes. Oh, my gosh. But God's love prevails. It's stronger than all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And again, if you're listening to this today and you're dealing with fear, you're dealing with shame, Know that like in Christ there is no condemnation. His perfect love wants to cover you 
Consume you. Consume you mm. from the inside out. Yes. Cast out all of that fear and take mm-hmm. away all that shame. And he's waiting. You know, the Bible says that he's at the door of your heart and he's yeah. knocking. Yeah. And he's waiting for you to just open it so he can dine with you. Come on. And I, and if that's you, if you want to dine with him, Come you on. know. Just open that door of your heart and let him in. He's and I waiting. promise you, Come you'll on. never, let me say that again. I promise you, you will never be the same. God says it's not going to be easy. That's right. right. It's not going to be easy. It's not going to be easy. But man, hearing all these stories, what they went through, yeah, these are battle scars, but look at them. Mm-hmm. They're still standing. I feel like for. So victorious. Yeah. Like All Jesus, Jesus was their hope in yes. that moment. Yes. And it's like, have you noticed like all of these stories and struggles that people went through so after salvation, after they gave their life to the Lord, right. and then these struggles and obstacles come. But God allows these obstacles to come to build character, to build yeah. integrity, so yeah. that to, to show us to stay in our to mm-hmm. stay on our knees, to show us to continue to rely on Him, to show us His faithfulness. You know, to show us how good he actually is and how much he actually loves us in the midst of it all. Yeah. In our ugliest moments, God still loves yes. us. In our worst moments, when we have the least, when we feel like we have the least amount of character, the least amount of integrity, or the least amount of finances, God is like, I still love you. So if, if you know the Lord... And he's brought you through. I'm going to sound real churchy. He's brought you through. I want to encourage you to take out some time today just to give him thanks for his faithfulness, his goodness. Yes. And if you don't know the Lord and you're listening to this, Mm. I I just want to give you a personal invitation right now, right where you're at. It doesn't matter what you're doing. You can invite him into your heart. You can invite the Holy Spirit into your heart for real Mm -hmm. honesty. Mm -hmm. And allow him to begin a good work in you and then tell somebody tell somebody tell somebody because when you when you tell somebody like it helps make it official like tell somebody especially like if you go somewhere go to a church and let them like hey i gave my life to the lord listen to it to a podcast be like oh okay well you won't get baptized you know (laughs) just start your walk start your walk start your journey start your new life Mm-hmm. He's you know, waiting. He's waiting he for wants, you. Because yes. either way, your life is going to be full of trouble. Mm-hmm. It's but it's so much better when you have the hope of glory, walking with Him. Yes. So with that being said, we absolutely love you guys. Yay! We Thank you. Do. Thank we you so do. much for tuning in this month. Mm-hmm. I have a really big announcement to make. Um, not a huge announcement. We're not pregnant or anything. Okay. Like I was like, wait, wait what's happening? We're pregnant? Would you, you mind telling me? You mind telling me we're pregnant first? Oh, no. Um, <laughs> uh, but we do have some great news I wanted to share before I've actually closed out the episode. Um, through everything, through the, since we started this whole thing, and we're not, we're still newbies at this. Right, like, we're only right. like 14 episodes in. Um, we just started this in January. Um, but our heart has always been for the one. You know, mm-hmm. Jesus left the 99 to go for the one, you know. And um, so that's been our prayer. Like, we've, we haven't really been looking out for big numbers. Yeah. We're not trying to grow rapidly and, and all these other things. You know, it's just like we just put it out there and we pray that, like, God, let it touch the one. Because if it just touches the one, it's all worth it. It's all been right. worth it. That's right. You know, scheduling this stuff, no matter what time it is, and and contacting people and putting all this stuff together. Like, it's all worth it if it reaches the one. Mm-hmm. And um, so our heart has always been for the one. Mm-hmm. And um, this uh, last week, this coming, this past week, um, I was led to check on some things on our podcast. And uh, just a couple of weeks ago, we started going international. And uh, God has so faithful. Now here's the thing. Going international is like nothing new. There's tons of podcasts that go international. It's no big deal. Mm -hmm. But for me, what hit me was the numbers. 
because yeah we went international which is no big deal but i love how god was speaking because there was the one listening in japan (laughs) and there was the one listening in india and there was that one listening in cuba like one in germany and one in germany and i was like god thank you for the ones yes oh that oh thank you for the ones Mm because that's our prayer yeah um you may be the one today that's right and I can't wait to hear about it. <laughs> yes. If um, however this however this episode ministered to you, uh, by all means, uh, send us a message. Yes, I want to know you. Let's be friends. <laughs> Hit us up. But either way, we love you guys. Thank you so much. Yes. For tuning in and just helping us, you know, get to that point and encouraging us to keep going because it's it's through your encouragement that the ones can be reached. That's right. And so we love you guys. We appreciate every mm. single one of you listeners. Yes, we and do. Um, we love you. And we pray that you just continue to draw closer to God mm-hmm. with every passing day. And have a wonderful week. Have a wonderful week. <laughs> All right. So once again, this is Anthony. And this is Maria. Signing off. Bye. <laughs>